The Those Guys with Ships Show is brought to you by Engine. Create your free community website at enjin.com. How are we doing, Splendiferous? Fantastic. We good. <laughs> Solid. All right. Well, that's. I'm glad to hear that because we are those guys with ships, and this is episode 66 of the Those Guys with Ships show, our Star Citizen Organization community podcast. Today is March 21st, 2945. Your time may vary. Well, let's get right to it, gentlemen. Citizen Con, Citizen Con 2016. Citizen Con 2016, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Sorry, I had to do it again. Oh, it's on Sunday. Thank you. I've got to ask, was that a, uh, a Homestar Runner reference by chance? No, it was a Monster Truck uh, yeah, radio on, commercial spot. Come on, Monster Truck Rally. Okay, well oh, then uh, I'll show you later because there is a there is a monster truck rally parody uh, that was in uh, uh, Homestar Runner. I'll find it for you later. Who's actually been to there monster truck rally? There ain't nothing funny about monster truck rally. I've I was, been to uh, one and it yeah. was quite some time ago. Yes, I was. A, I went to one when I was a Cub Scout, and all I remember was it was really, really loud and cold. Yeah. And very cold, yes. like loud and cold, and the seats were not comfortable. Now, have you guys ever been to a demolition derby? Yes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Those yeah. are fun. smells. Mm. Yes. <laughs> Those are just nah. a riot. <laughs> and they cost like two dollars to get in. So I mean, yeah. you know, and all the churros you can eat. Pretty much. Oh, you guys have churros. Oh man. And Don't all, the, about all the intestinal problems you can have afterwards. Well, you, know, you got to live for the moment. Churros are the best. You know what? Yeah, they are. And you know what? I went to Universal Studios um, in Florida, right? I got a season or an annual pass because I live not too far away. So we were over there um, last weekend. Yeah. Uh, me and my girlfriend. And he uh, went around, loved the churros there. Went there this season. Mm-hmm. First time I've been there this season. Uh, they're terrible. I don't know what they did. If anyone works at Universal is listening, uh, fix that now. That's ridiculous. <laughs> they were just skinny. Not. I mean, they, were, they just weren't good. It's very they were they were not they were not sufficiently cinnamon and me, me. Um, I think that's kind of like all they were. They were basically just cinnamon and fried. There was like no breading in there at all anymore. It was just Ugh. it was terrible. That I, sounds unfortunate. I mean, it certainly wasn't worth the four dollars. That's for sure. Ah, what's this world coming I don't to? Know. But CitizenCon, what, yeah. what's, this, what's this world coming to? Where are we all going? We're all going to CitizenCon. I, I cannot Every believe we all managed to secure tickets. One of us, yeah, Ooh. and John too. Jonto, oh man, Jonto's, Jonto's in. We need um, to discuss doing uh, a reunion episode, like live. Well, well, what we need to discuss, Ace, is we need to discuss uh, those guys with ships back rubs. Uh, I agree. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> that's right, you, you, that's your family thing. You need to all get us all back rubs. Oh, Ace no. is going to show us how it's done. <laughs> oh no, uh, using Jimmy as a test dummy. <laughs> Perfect. And then we're all going to take turns, you know, he's going to, uh, under supervision, give him the proper back rub. Once we've all, I think once we've all, uh, you know, 
progress to maybe like a journeyman stage then we can go ahead and maybe maybe once this this finally happens we can put this joke to rest <laughs> nope nope no Never. no 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 none none times will that happen none times i am uh, uh so so a couple of things um so i'm thinking i'm just spitballing here um there are plenty of uh comedy clubs uh here in los angeles that actually rent out uh podcast space um, yeah. um, you know, and it's actually fairly easy. A lot of the people here in LA that do podcasts, because the thing is, when you do podcasts, uh, you know, a lot of other podcasts will have guests on, and it's kind of weird and creepy to have guests come to your house. Um, you know, I think, um, you know, uh, so it's so it's a lot easier when you're doing a podcast and you're inviting guests on to go to kind of a neutral space. And a lot of comedy clubs have picked up on that. And so, uh, and not just comedy clubs, there's other places too, other venues that, that basically have an entire uh, podcast area completely set up and completely ready to go. And I can look into the pricing for that. I can't imagine it would be very expensive to split five ways. And we just do, you know, an episode from there with all of us in the same room. I like the idea. No, yeah, that could yeah. be fun. I think yeah, that'd that would be a blast. Like yeah, I was terrified totally. for a moment you are going to suggest that we should record an episode in front of a comedy club audience, and that terrified me. I'd do that in a second. <laughs> I would do in that in a second, second, too. comes from being on stage a lot, I think, Jimmy. I think that's yep. what it is. Totally. I have no fear. We have legs for nope. radio. No fear. Yeah, really. But yeah, no, so I, I think that that might be a lot of fun. Um, obviously, we all need to like you know do a dinner um, and, then, uh, and then rock out with uh, CitizenCon. Yes. Agreed. Yes, we need to. Uh, we need to plan. Yeah, I mean the thing is, like, Gleep, I know that you know not not to linger on this too long, but I know that you said that you were going to be in for kind of the day, right? Um, I believe so. Yeah. Okay. Um, Maybe got some family stuff going on on Saturday, so I can't make it in any earlier than Sunday morning. But okay. Well, if if everybody can get in early enough, um, we could do a podcast in the morning because they they do all the editing and they give you here's your podcast and you're good to go. We oh, wow. Pod- yeah, we could do the podcast in the morning. We could do, uh, and then, you know, or in the afternoon. Uh, and then we can do dinner, and then we can do uh, Star Citizen. I like this cool. idea. I like yeah, all I of do this. too. I'm excited about it. Yeah. Well, it, the, the doors open at 2, the event starts at 3. Right, right, right. So maybe we'll, well, we'll figure out the food stuff, but podcast totally doable. I'll look into it, I'll let everybody know. All okay. right. Good. Good idea. Well, um, I you know I, I have an incomplete list of, of everybody that's going, um, but uh, as far as I've been able to glean from uh, from the twitters, uh, uh, all all of us here, um, and including Jonto, are going. As are Avi, uh, Lacandi, Turd, Fabled, uh, Lucivar, Shep, Nahar, and Nighthawk, Nighthawk Zale. Um, so if I if I haven't seen. Uh, Seen your name uh, with a big woohoo on the Twitters? Um, you know, send us a send us an email to comms at versecast.org. We'd love to uh, to get a comprehensive list of everybody that's going to be there. And um, you know, we're this is going to be the um, uh, the biggest um, gathering in meat space of guys with ships. I think to this point, well, it has to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Meat space. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you win well, for that. That well, is a we, good well, one. We, we we cram them into the uh, into the cyberspace, uh, you know, meat space. It's it's a lot harder. It smells yeah. different too. <laughs> That's true. Uh, yeah, no. This is going to be um, this is going to be a great opportunity for uh, for a lot of us to all get together for the first time. The first um, the first citizen con I went to two years ago was was here in L.A. as well. I knew no one going now this year. There's a dozen of us that are going and I think that's that speaks volumes to the Star Citizen community you know and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm really excited uh, to meet everybody uh, in person it's just going to be a blast man it's going to be so much fun 
There are dozens of us, CIG. Dozens. <laughs> That's dozens. Right. Dozens. An army of dozens. Um, well, I know that we're um, we're uh, on the forums. We've been talking about uh, putting together a T-shirt. Um, I don't know if it's specifically for the event, but I think the idea being that uh, we can represent loud and proud uh, with our um, with our garb. Can't we do like uh, patches or something? I'm way too fashionable to wear a T-shirt like that. How do, how do you feel about how do you feel about matching scarves? Are we, can it be a deep? Can it be a deep V? It's got to be a deep V T-shirt. I, I was going to ask for, for oh Jesus for uh, Shamog. You know, like a nice a nice patterned, patterned there we go. scarf, something like that, or maybe uh, maybe our own you know, like branded shades. Yeah, there Ooh, you go. There you go. Branded shades. I like stunners. It. That's, that's, TGWS that's stunners. TGWS like uh, like the New Year's Eve. Uh, yeah. Oh, exactly. <laughs> Just, just give me a crappy beefy tea that falls apart the first time I wash it. Perfect. Uh-huh. Even better. <laughs> all right. Well, um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll figure all that out. We've got uh, yeah, we have seven, of seven months. <laughs> I, I think building a comprehensive list is definitely a good start. Um, mm-hmm. You know, now everyone's got their tickets, so it's not like we're going to get any late ads. Maybe we'll start something on the forums? Yeah. yeah. That sounds like a good, good idea. idea. Okay. That's a good idea. And if you're not on the forums, email us. Yeah, yeah, or both. Or both. Do yeah. both these things. And then get yeah, on totally. the forms. And then get both on the forms. Good. And then put on a t shirt. Or not, depending. Yeah. Or a scarf. <laughs> yeah, I like TGWS scarfs. And then and get a back rub. You gotta get that back get rub. Get the back rub. Oh my god. While wearing the scarf. I love you. All of you need to go. T-shirt away. optional. Yeah, we could have a. I think we should get. I think we should like uh, figure out a way to rent a booth at CitizenCon. <laughs> a back row booth. A, a back row booth. Yes, oh, that's amazing. So, so instead of so instead of uh, participating in CitizenCon, I'm just stuffed in a corner endlessly giving back rubs <laughs> yes, for us tonight. Endlessly giving back rubs. Oh um, man, that's perfect. Or we can all t- we all co- take turns giving uh, uh, Ben Lesnick back rubs. There you uh-huh. go. Perfect. Uh-huh. <laughs> Love you, Ben. All right. Well, um, so that's uh, that's very exciting news. I mean, we were um, we were very uh, very much little girls uh, with uh, cramps in our texting thumbs uh, on Thursday and Friday as uh, this was all going down, and uh, we're uh, we're just pleased as punch that uh, we were all able to get in and uh, uh, several of our uh, other friends too. So I got weird looks from my boss on Thursday because I was working and my phone was just every ten seconds. <laughs> like what is going on over there? I'm like, it's a Star Citizen thing. Don't you worry about it. Important business. You wouldn't understand. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. This is cool kid stuff, dude. All right. Well. Um, so anyway, more to come on that uh, as it develops. Uh, but in the meantime, we have an interverse and what's going on around it, Jimmy. What is going on around the interverse? Inverse. First. 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 So interesting. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna focus predominantly on uh, uh, versecast.org and because uh, there's always just so much great stuff going there. We have such a good community over at that uh, over that site. But apparently, uh, GunCon 22, he listens to our podcast from twenty thousand feet in the air. That is so cool. I he, I uh, that was amazed by that. Is he driving? Apparently, well, no. He's yeah. He's driving. He's got a magic carpet that he drives. <laughs> I like that. No, he's he, he's, he's, he's an aircraft driver. Yeah, he's an aircraft driver. An aircraft and, uh, driver. Apparently, he <laughs> listens to our podcast in his plane the way that we listen to the podcast in our cars. Yeah, Call a pilot. Hmm. Interesting. Is that, aircraft is that they driver. call it a, the, a pilot? The air driver? Yeah. Wait, so wait, yeah. is this like of, a. Of the sky car? Of this, this is the sky car. There you go. The sky conveyance. Nice. One, of them, one of them flying carriages. <laughs> flying, flying carriages. carriages. 
But uh, yeah, I thought that was really cool, man. Uh, so yeah, GunCon 22. Nice job, man. That is Take awesome. Watch the road. And go back to the 1820s. Watch uh-huh. the road. Don't Dietrich, text while you're flying. Dietrich has a uh, a very interesting secret project. Uh, it uh, is uh, he is outlining potential sub org arrangements for TGWS. Uh, it's uh, it's an interesting concept. Uh, I would recommend that uh, everybody, if you have a chance, go and uh, and read the thread and voice your opinion on it. Uh, has anybody given any any thought or any opinions to this particular uh, idea? I think it's a great idea. We've we've talked about it before several times um, uh, in the context of having sub orgs. Uh, so we have the, those guys with ships, which of course, as everyone. Uh, here knows is a very casual, um, uh, uh, relaxed uh, organization. So there's not a whole lot of, uh, of structure within the organization beyond that uh, we're looking for friends to get together with and, and play games and uh, you know just be nice to one another and, and have a good time. Uh, but then you know, Star Citizen, the universe is, is such a rich environment, and the potential for it going forward is is so wondrous that. Um, you know, obviously, you know, naturally, folks are going to want to specialize in particular roles or areas. I mean, the opportunities for role playing, uh, the opportunities for um, uh, gathering together to become uh, better skilled, because it is a skill based game, uh, better skilled in uh, piloting or, or aircraft driving, um, and or uh, in the FPS, uh, like we're doing with, uh, with the Mining. Black Guard. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so. Anyway, uh, the idea of having sub-orgs within the, the larger org um, has uh, been something we've been kicking around for, uh, for quite some time. And so uh, Dietrich put some lore to this and uh, uh, started out with, uh, I believe it's five uh, uh, sample, uh, uh, he calls them battalions, but I think that the concept is, is, is very similar. So um, definitely go check it out. He's looking for feedback. Um, uh, so... Um, you know, any ideas that you have for how he can um, improve upon what he's already done, uh, add to it. Maybe if there's something that if it needs to be uh, uh, pared down a little bit, um, uh, you know, was, let him know. It was only 60 totally, slides. Yeah, only 60 slides. It was only a 45 minute presentation. I don't know yeah. if it was really 60. It was a lot, though. He did a fantastic job. No, it was a lot job. of slides, and it's filled with a fairly dense information. Yes. Actually, Ace and I were speaking of it when he first mentioned it uh, a couple weeks ago, I guess. Wasn't that Ace? Yep. Yeah. Yep. And uh, we are. Yeah, he approached me, uh, I think maybe approached me first, but it was like, hey, I got this thing I want you to see. Yeah. Sent me a link, and I was like, Dietrich. This is like 60 slides. What is this? Yeah, <laughs> this is. I had the same reaction. This is epic. I, I sent him an email and I'm like, dude, I would I would love to read this, but you got to give me until the weekend. Like I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to work on this a bit. I really chew this. <laughs> yeah, I gotta really. I like gotta a, really sit down and work through this. You one. do. You really do. Yeah, I think it's an interesting I, idea. Um, yeah. I, well, the Black Guard kind of falls into that category. It does. Yeah. Sure. I think if I had to make you know playing the devil's advocate, uh, if I had to make one comment, it would be that so much detail put into the backstory and whatnot of these different things. Um, it can have a uh, the exact opposite effect that he's looking for in that you know people reading over this say oh yeah I want to be in the you know the explorers thing or whatever and then he's reading over this thing well I don't really like this backstory though that's kind of whatever this doesn't really appeal mm-hmm. to me yeah all I, I really want to do is just be in the explorer group I want to be able to guys right. like to explore uh, and then you know it, it's a very lore heavy uh, detailed approach to this and I understand. Um, that if I had to say one caveat with that, it's it's that it's that if you're if you are extremely 
I don't know, you know, Jimmy. I mean, you are a very you, you really enjoy lore or backstory. How does this how does this strike you? Does that is that do you find that having a specific lore for these specific groups already in place is better, or would you like to develop your own and kind of with people and kind of develop your story as you go along with the people you, you meet? I think, um, and I touched on this with Dietrich, and I, I hadn't had, had an opportunity to talk to him about it in more detail, but um, I think that, that it's kind of somewhere in the middle, because I agree with you. Um, when, I, when I do Quantum Drive, um, I make it a point to keep anybody that I bring into the story, it, it's very open-ended. They're kind of just passing through. They're there for color, and they're there to be a part of the story, but in, I make it a very strong point to not infringe on their personal lore. They're they're basically like, they're just basically passing through, you know okay. what I mean. So yeah. like they don't they don't get, you know, nothing horrendous happens to them. Nothing that would define their lore um, is ever put into the show. And I think that it should be the same thing with the sub orgs. Is that they should be they shouldn't be the the lore for them shouldn't be very long, maybe a paragraph. And it should be very open-ended. Uh, a, a very, you know, whoever is really kind of spearheading that particular sub-org would be the, the main character. And the story behind the development of that sub-org should be very, very loose, very short, very open-ended. But have, you know, some really solid information. So that you can be a part of that sub-org, but not feel uh, like you have to be sucked into its lore. Agreed. So there, there should be an absolute balance between the two. And I agree with you 100%, um, Mark, on that. Uh, you don't want to write somebody else's lore. And that's something that I always try really hard to do when I do Quantum Drive. And I think that that's something that would absolutely apply to this. Yeah, I think that's, that's kind of what I got away from it. I mean, obviously, that was the one. If I had to pick something that I felt was... Uh, you needed know, work. Yeah, needed work. Yeah, that needed would be some it. work. Yeah. Perhaps less work. Um, yeah, something that needed a little less work. That would be. It. That would be. Yeah. No. Option. I. Yeah. I agree a hundred percent with yeah, you. But um, otherwise, it, yeah. I mean, the actual groupings, though. I mean, he, you know, did very well with those. You know, the explorers, kind of the smugglers and the scallywags, and several others. Um, and uh, you know, I think as examples, that's excellent. Yeah. Um, I don't, yeah, I think yeah. I agree. I think we can say it, it makes for a good example document is what to aim for, perhaps, but not perhaps what will probably organically grow out of the org right. in, during active usage. Yeah, and I think I, that's I think that's the key is is as you're going through it, it's kind of a matter of do you want to have our um, our adventures be the story. Or have that story already written, and then now we're just filling in the gaps. I think is kind of where, or just kind of yeah. you know, building on that is where you, it comes. You want to you want to keep it open ended enough to where people can tell their stories. Yeah. So I, I think that the key here is boil it down, and yep. then and then boil it down a little more, and then boil it down a little more. Yeah, I think that makes you sense. Know. But otherwise, yeah. I mean, I would love to see some other idea. examples. I would love to see some other examples of of uh, other. I don't know what we're looking for. Other. Other groups that may exist, hierarchies, maybe. Yeah. Sure, yeah, no, totally. those types of things. And um, I mean, you know, as far as the blackguard goes, and to kind of give that a little bit of of, of um, clarification for the blackguard stuff, you know, we didn't set any kind of backstory up. Not that we wouldn't necessarily, but it was more Yet. along the lines of just a means of coordinating the people that were interested in a certain type of right. gameplay into that. And then the blackguard thing was just a cool thing, just to let people know. To give really, it a title, yeah, really yeah. to give it a title. And to um, 
since Ace you know, was kind of a squadron leader and he was taking care of you know, you know I mean if if we got in a battle what it really came down to is when you actually needed leadership who would take who charge turn to? Yeah. exactly you go to Ace to make sure we're all going a certain way Ace what are we doing we've got too many we've got too many pilots we don't know where we're going how are we gonna you know how, how are we gonna take our ships to fight these other ships or defend ourselves yep. from whatever go to Ace hey guys we're getting boarded or we're trying to take over a station who do we go to to figure out how to deal with the ground combat you okay. run and hide oh wait. yeah exactly you run and hide <laughs> yeah, if it's, go it's like oh god flail run away <laughs> right well and that's just it you go to these guys these are the ones that know how to do it or have a good you know better you know better understanding of the situation and okay now we have a kind of a de facto leadership for that yeah. maybe that works for trade too you know maybe we set up you know we do the trade thing or the exploration thing or the mining you know maybe that's like hey this guy is the guy you tell where all the good mining spots are to the org you know maybe mm-hmm. he's the repository for the mining stuff everyone goes to <laughs> you know whoever and that's, that's and what think, he does I, I think that the, the sub org lore, lore should absolutely be very open ended and probably even you know less information based on what it is I think it's going to be fluid I think is what I'm trying to say is it's going to be fluid depending on you know who's wanting to run that particular sub org and, and how much they want to dedicate to it but at the end of the day I do think that yeah it, it just it needs to be open ended you don't want to write somebody else's story yeah Moving on. Uh, notor- well, one, one, one last thing, and this was something, a comment that I made uh, to Dietrich uh, when he first brought this to me, is that I think it's also important when you have something, an idea like this that you want to run with, that there is some gameplay um, possibilities to back it up. It's like right now yeah. in Star Citizen, we can't do a lot of these yeah. roles with, to any kind of... Uh, with any kind of depth. I mean, that's, I think, why the Black Guard works is because we have other games that we can um, can play, you know, that sub-org can play in. Um, sure. So uh, I, think, I think timing is very important on this, but I think, you know, this is the perfect time to get the conversation started. Yeah. So um, I well, definitely uh, applaud the, uh, the effort and the, the dedication to uh, the community and uh, highly encourage uh, folks to go out there, and if you if you want an executive summary, tell them that. Say, hey, I need to see an executive summary yeah, on yeah, this, totally. otherwise, I, I I'm going to get lost. Well, and and also um, that goes back to to what I do with Quantum Drive. It's the same same type of thing. Whereas you know the things that I talk about, the the, the backdrops to my show are based in things that we know. Um, I don't kind of make that stuff up. Um, the locations are are lore. Some of the characters that I pull from are lore. Um, the characters that I don't pull from are characters that you'll never see in game. You know what I mean? So it's the same type of thing. And I think that you're absolutely right in that, you know, being able to adhere to some semblance of game mechanic, like you can't really go into too much detail about a mining or uh, about a mining suborg until there's a mining mechanic and until that you're able to kind of flesh out the idea, the backdrop idea based on the story. Yeah. Or based exactly. on the game mechanic, rather. So. Okay, can I move on? Yes. Okay, moving on. Uh, Notorious DYD, congratulations for getting two threads in this segment. Uh, first one is, and, and I could go on for hours about this, and I'm going to try really hard not to, but he put together a theory for the fate of the uh, Artemis. Are you guys familiar with this? I'm familiar it with all the It is the single biggest piece yes. of lore that interests me yes. at the moment is so, the Artemis. Keep this watered down to one sentence for those of you that don't know. 
uh, or two sentences. The Artemis was a generation ship intended to carry 5,000 crew and passengers in cryostasis to a, a system known as uh, Gleesis 667CC. Uh, it was a super Earth. It launched on 2232. So this is, what, 600, 700 years ago. Right, um, and it's pre from, it's pre jump technology. Correct. The most important part. Right. Yeah, the key here is that it's pre jump technology. So they put five thousand folks in cryostasis, and they sent them on a journey to a system that they thought had a super Earth that was habitable. Somewhere, they also had an artificial atel- intelligence that was navigating the ship called Janus. Somewhere along the way, the ship got lost, and it's a great oh. mystery. Nobody knows where that sh- that ship. Is what happened to it to this day? Nine hundred years, or or what was it? Uh, Seven hundred years later, no one knows where that ship is. So, with that said, Notorious DYD put together an excellent um, theory on what happened to the ship. I don't want to give it away. I'm not going to get into too much detail with it. But if you're interested, I recommend you go and read it because it's a really good theory. Um, it's a theory I can get behind. Um, there, there are some points, and I'll mention them when I have a chance to go over into the thread that I, I would differ on. But it's a solid theory, and it's it's backed up with some solid stats. Yes. His other thread is uh, how I think quantum drive interdiction could work. And um, it's a really good uh, overview on his thoughts on what CIG can do to implement interdiction in regards to quantum drive. Now, for those of you that are like, huh? Basically, we all know that if you get in front of a ship, they can't quantum drive. They're basically trapped. Well, there are other avenues that you can look at for doing that. For example, you can lay mines. These are things that are not currently in-game. But you could lay mines, or there could be ship modules uh, for E-War, for example, that will maybe disable your quantum drive. And so he's got some great theories on that. Uh, There's also a link to a discussion happening over on the official RSI forums, because apparently the the developers are, like, curious about what we think as players would be good mechanics. Um, it's definitely something that I'm going to jump into uh, and give my opinion on. Uh, it's a very thorough read, and there's a lot of really good ideas on on what potentially CIG could do to implement uh, a more active interdiction system for blocking people from quantum drum, quantum driving. Yes. And finally, Ark. Who's still playing Ark? I mean, survival evolve. <laughs> I mean, uh, TGWS uh, Arc survival evolve. We still have uh, the uh, those guys with ships in the Arc. Uh, so head over to that thread and find out how you can join the fun. Uh, was there a recent patch? Was there some something that's kind of driven that bus? You know, that I'm not aware of. I keep seeing patches show up on my. Okay, so I got this game back before I joined the org. Uh, it's actually the first one I saw, but no, actually, it was just when I joined the org. So back in. March of last year, I guess. And I saw uh, a bunch of people playing it, so I picked it up and I played it for 20 minutes and I died a lot. I got eaten by a brontosaurus. And uh, then that was... As a, one does. As as you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, followed by uh, then getting eaten by a small lizard-like creature. Um, as you do. And then I believe I got attacked by a fish out of water. As you, oh, no. as you do. Uh-huh. And at that point, uh-huh. um, yeah, I was kind of running around a little bit and then realized I needed to chop a tree, dra- tree down with no tools. And um, I just kind of gave up on it. 
And that was about the end of people playing it anyway. Um, mm. And the graphics weren't really there. I was looking for something that was a little more graphically, you know, um, I don't know what you'd call that. Rich. Rich. Fidelity. Fidelarized. I wanted more fidelity. Mm-hmm. There you go. Fidelity. And it I wasn't like that. There. there was no fidelity. I'm impressed with your wordsmithing. Oh, oh, you, you know. I'm amazing. Anyway, um, so, uh, you know, but I've, I've seen patches continuously, and I've heard that they've gotten much, much better. So. Well, don't they patch it like twice a week or oh, something? All the time. It's always popping up on my Steam saying, you know, Ark is patching. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Well, that is all the things from around the interverse, uh, specifically well, verse. Oh, go ahead. You get, I can't ever get that, out of my that, segment. That, over here. Um, <laughs> to the, you, the man in the back. I just wanted a shout out because I got a message from uh, Danny Confalone, um, who wanted uh, to us to give some love to uh, Whiskey Umaroth and Solidus, who have done a whole bunch of work on that ARC server, and they've uh, uh, helped build a, uh, a sweet base for those guys with ships. And uh, so we wanted to be sure to uh, mention that um, uh, on the air so that folks that are at all interested can go check it out. Um, you know, it's uh, people put uh, a lot of hours into these sorts of things. I know I... I uh, spent most of my youth in Minecraft, and so uh, I know it's a lot of fun when folks show up and go, hey, wow, you sure spent a lot of time on that. <laughs> yeah, it looks cool. I mean, from the picture yeah. anyway, it looks fantastic. So, yeah. Giant yeah, walls. Absolutely. So Fancy signs. So just want to give love where love is due. Nice. All right, well, and that's all things all things uh, fit to discuss <laughs> on Around the Interverse. Uh, if anybody sees, you know, the inter- the Interverse is a very big place. If anybody sees anything out there Star Citizen related um, that is outside of Versecast.org, email me, uh, Jimmy at comms uh, or at Versecast.org, uh, uh, right? Yeah, that's what it is. All of sure. that. Yeah. Every single yeah. bit of that. Every single bit of that's 100% accurate. Email me, um, send me a link, and you might see it on the show. And on that note, Ace, <laughs> what's going on in the loop? Loopity loop. Oh my! All right, so um, our discussion segment for in the loop is titled Marathon, um, and this was, <gasps> this came from a series of. Uh, discussions that i was having over the course of the past couple of weeks about gameplay and about uh you know persistence of interest and, and just sort of coalesce this uh, a fairly large topic that i want to discuss so uh you know marathon is is a lasting endeavor something you're doing for a long time you got to find yourself a pace um and and i've had uh, my own fair share of experiences with this uh you know l- uh, last least of all uh, decoder rings, you know, uh, little orphan Annie says, uh, "Drink, drink your Ovaltine." Yep, oh, yep. Got to listen Ovaltine. to enough episodes to get that message. Uh, and of course, VR device devices. Um, so uh, I got the Oculus Rift finally showed up, <gasps> and Do it's been tell. a marathon trying to get it set up. Yeah, it's that was, that still was a not set up yet. Yeah, it's it's still not set up yet. I've been trying to get it to work. In in my computer's defense, um, I received a corrupted hard drive from a father-in-law. It caused all sorts of registry problems with my computer, and I'm probably going to have to erase my uh, operating system and reinstall post-haste this episode. So, mm. yeah. Um, so in any case, uh, you know, it's 
this this discussion is basically around you know persistence in time versus like speed and overwhelming numbers. Uh, uh, I've often heard Johnny quote uh, a phrase, precision by volume. It's actually accuracy um, by volume, but we won't get... Oh, is it accuracy by get, volume? We won't okay. split hairs. <laughs> we did that on the last show. Yeah, yeah. a lot of hair splitting Oh, on was there? Show. Oh, my. Mm-hmm. That was painful. Um, and, and so versus sort of like careful consideration, you know, uh, picking a target, engaging it, moving on to the next one. Um, and so there's some discussion of that. The other thing that I wanted to briefly touch on uh, is, of course, and the thing that, that Mark will... Uh, talk about is that we've been a lot of people have been playing the division lately and i felt my interest in that sort of peak and valley up and down um and i've been trying to be careful about about approaching burnout you know star citizen is going to be a game that's going to be around for a long time and that means that that inevitably people will play a bunch of it and then they'll get sick of it for a little while because Mm -hmm. it's what happens you binge and then eventually you go okay i need to step away for a little bit and it's just uh you know caution everybody to take your time you know uh mm-hmm. take a little patience and and uh if you feel yourself getting a little bit uh annoyed or upset with the system the, whatever it is you're working on take a break move on to something else for a short while so, absolutely and, and that's something i wanted to pass you know pass along to you guys it's just uh you know people are gonna have peaks and valleys of interest it's a natural thing um as for the actual combat related portion um you know, there's another phrase that's been passed along that I've heard often, mostly from you guys in the Blackguard. Slow is smooth, smooth is fast, fast is lethal. Um, the idea being that if you take your time and you're careful with your with your movements and you're practiced with them, then you make for a much more effective fighter than you do if you're, you know, going off with without any sort of consideration or preparation for what you're going to be facing. Leroy! Jenkins. Is yeah, that guy. It is exactly a Leroy Jenkins situation. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, in particular, things like, uh, uh, you know, there's there's the weapon systems that are on ships. You know, if you're carrying ballistic weapons in particular, you have to be careful with, with your ammo. You have a limited supply. So if you use all of your ammunition in a single volley or in, in rapid succession, you know, by the time you, you make down that one opponent but the next time that shows up you got nothing to go so well, that's in, problematic in, in all fairness though i do think that with the exception of of the uh epic space battle uh when the verse is fully realized we're probably not going to be getting into that many dogfights. but that's I mean, true you do obviously have to manage your ammo but i would think that you would have the ability to um escape blow your, blow your load uh, see, I was yeah. trying. Your, I was trying to avoid your wad, that. Yeah. Um, and, and still be able to go find some place to uh, to ammo up again. You know, I'm right. I'm going to once again put the devil's advocate on that one and uh, point out that they are talking about making these fights last considerably longer by making the yeah. health yeah. pool and the damage you know output necessarily. They do lower. last pretty long already. Uh, yeah, but I mean, in the persistent universe so far, I had an engagement where I was flying a vanguard against a constellation. And I, you know, I did some damage to him, but eventually he just decided to bug out, and that, and so like the, it wasn't a, a final sort of like it wasn't yeah. a decided victory or loss. Oh, but it's, I, it's funny you should say that because I took my saber uh, up against a, a hornet, and uh, he, I, we kept flying in circles, and I kept outpacing him uh, and just dropping damage on him, and he eventually bugged out as well. But same type right. of thing. I was dropping a lot of fire on him, um, and you know, he wasn't just. Go and splody splode. Right. Yeah, and I think that'll only right. get 
more so as things go on because they did mention yeah. that you know they want people to be able to use those things like the ejection seat or the you know the ejection pods or um repair systems or the repair or systems yeah. and they've got all these i mean did you guys did you guys talk about the starfarer oh yeah oh no. uh, they oh, did yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm I mean sure. that thing that 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 walkthrough they did was incredible with all those little you know tunnels and whatnot. Obviously, the gameplay is going to be there. So right, you're going to need to it, squeeze your way down and, and around and into a uh, a Jeffrey's tube. Exactly, if you will, straight to, Star uh, Trek. Yep. So to you're going to have to do a little repairing. Yeah. So I mean, they need to have those things live for much longer than five seconds or right. even right. a minute. Right. You know, it's going to well, be the last. Same goes the same for for those of us who are doing the prosecuting. If you're attacking. You know, recognize that it's going to take time, and be patient with it, and be thoughtful as you're engaging a target. You know, sure, yeah. Uh, so I think part of, the, and I am guilty of this personally. Uh, I end up doing a lot of uh, accidental of running into targets because I get too eager. Want yeah, to get too. that fire on that target? Get it, take it down. Oh, oh, ran into him. I'm dead. Yeah, especially when they're not moving. You know, it's, yeah, it's, it's really easy for. Uh, it's really easy for that to get away from you and be on top of a target before you're even before you're even aware. Then yeah, you're you're ramming into them. Rex? Well, I find it happens to me a lot because just because I'm a, I'm a really crappy. Pilot. I was going to say <laughs> it turns out I just do that naturally. Uh, I don't even have to be trying to get to it. It just does it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm right there with you. Mark. So Ace, uh, how would you go about attacking a target and getting the most fire on? I mean, is there like a like a like a method for swooping in or turning at a certain point or whatever. Like, how do you how do you determine? Okay, you're you're, you're directing fire down on them. I'm doing hand motions, by the way, so you guys know what I'm talking I, about. I can Perfect. I can totally yep. I can see the hand motions. So you're in doing my head. you're directing fire down on a target, and you're going in, you're going in, and going in. From a from a flight standpoint, how do you break off and come back around for it to you know maximize your effectiveness without just barreling into it? So Ace, if you want maximum, Ace, let me let me let me as as kind of a, a novice who feels like he might actually be starting to get good at piloting. Let me ask you: Would you agree, uh, strafing? Strafing, yes, certainly. Okay. Um, but you do run into a problem with strafing, and that is that inevitably, strafing gets you in the front of the guns of your of your opponent. Okay. Okay. Um, as a simple rule, uh, to, you know, just based upon the way most most of the the way that things are built by human hands the goey part is in the back and usually the back is often the least offended um in a protracted battle uh usually you want to be on your opponent's tail as much as much as possible um and that's and that's because generally speaking the rear is often the least defended okay so really and that's, and that's mainly because the way i think part of that is, is psychology is that as humans we are used to attacking from the front and so all of our most of our equipment and most of our systems are all facing forward because that's the way we are wired. Right. We want to see where now, we're going, not where we've been. Right. right. Sense, yeah. Now, in my more recent fights, and I've been very successful um, in Crusader lately, which is why it's make, why I'm feeling like I'm actually starting to kind of really lock down my piloting skills. But I will say that I still to this day have a difficult time. I can I can keep a target in my sights and I can keep him off me. But I still have a difficult time getting behind them. Mm. Well, so so the key to that is, interestingly enough, throttle. Throttle play. Um, uh, one of the, the, the keys, to the things that I learned playing IL-2 all those years ago uh, is that if you're engaging an opponent, the key is actually not to be faster than them. The key is to be just a 
tad bit slower consistently. Interesting. It's interesting that you say that because, you know, I've, I've been playing with the throttle a lot lately. And it's funny that you're saying that because I think I'm, I'm kind of finding that by, by accident. Right. Well, that's the thing is that I, I've played IL2 with Stags and a couple other people for, for years. And I would often consistently pick the faster aircraft and find myself frustrated because I would often overtake my opponent as we'd be, you know, in a banking turn, I would overtake them on a wide turn or uh, stall out on, a, on, a, on an inside turn because I had too much speed and I would I would uh, do a high speed stall. But if I picked an aircraft that was generally just a little bit slower, then I could easily get inside the turn circle, get a bead, lay down fire, move on. Um, and that's why ships like the Aurora are deceptively useful. Is because nobody thinks about a ship having a slower turn rate being a really useful thing, but if you can get inside a target's uh, you know angle and you can put down stable fire, that can be really useful. Hmm. Um, yeah, that's well, that can't whole... you do the same thing by matching speed though? To us, to some degree, certainly. Um, although the problem with matching speed is that it also does not account for angle. Um, you know, if if a pilot, if a, a, an enemy pilot recognizes that you are matching speed with him, he will mm-hmm. slow himself down to zero and then start strafing. Mm. Yeah, so, no, absolutely. Wait, so he yep. slows himself down to zero. So the match speed is based upon your main thruster value. Oh, really? So if, so if you're going full speed, then your match speed system is going full speed. If you throttle down to zero and then start strafing. Well, you're not technically you're not going forward anymore. What happens if you what happens if you take off um oh my gosh, I forgot what it is. The one that lets you flip around and keep going the same direction. Comstab? No, no, no. Um, not Comstab, uh, decouple. 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 What if you yeah. decouple and I, I'm not turn your sure. stuff off and just flip backwards or something like that, you know, straight, you know, Battlestar Galactica style? I've I I've, that changes the uh the speed I've, the match speed. I've found that incredibly useful when people are trying to um uh, what is it when they're when they're charging you head on? Right. Uh, I've I've found that to be incredibly useful because what they end up doing when they're trying to what what's the word I'm looking for um, when they're um, when when you're you're high speed pass. Yeah, yeah, but you know the, what the, the medieval um, jousting? jousting jousting. Thank you. The people that <laughs> the, thank you. The um, the people that that joust. I'm able to handedly take out because as soon as you you recognize them right away. And as soon as they make that first pass, um, I decouple and just spin right around, and I'm right behind them before they even have a chance to turn. I, I find that, so I don't know if you, if you find this true or not, but do you find that a lot of people don't decouple or don't decouple as much as they should? They don't because, again, it's not intuitive to human psychology. I've found and it to be an incredible tool, especially it is, it is, in my very, free It's really difficult to pull off without a right. lot of practice. Especially right. in those fields of view, when, when you, especially if you're in. Well, I think the problem is too. I know I did a lot when I was in Arena Commander, and the problem was those maps were so small. Yeah, the small maps yeah, are definitely. Yeah, you flip a around like that, no and question. all of a sudden you're not going where you, you know, where you're looking, and you have to pay really close attention so you don't end up, you know, running into a the wall of the map or b, you know, an asteroid oh, or rock. Yeah, right. rock. Yeah, station. Various I, um, rocks. 
I learned that very quickly um, because I, I decouple a lot in combat, um, and I'm at a point now where it's become very fluid in my in my play style. And yes, you absolutely, especially in the bigger ships. Like um, I really found decouple to be uh, valuable in uh, in my freelancer because it's got such a slow turn radius. Um, you have to when you decouple, you have to make sure that whatever is in front of you that there's nothing there. You have to absolutely be um, spatially aware of where you're going when when you decouple the direction you're going in which is why usually I'll make a conscious choice um, to find to move into a position where I know there's nothing there because it's only a right. few, de- few degrees you know what I mean um, especially in Crusader where you just nudge a few degrees and you go okay there's nothing in front of me and then decouple um, but you're absolutely right Mark it's, hmm. it's okay. especially in the smaller maps it's you very easily crash into stuff yeah so maybe it's something I just need to get used to again or people need to think about when they're doing that is just make sure there's nothing in front of you or around you even right right and then have at it yep yep alright so that yep. was yeah, there. I mean, there's your answer. Basically, get get on the behind bits as much as possible, uh, and just stay as, as much as you can. Spend your load. Yep. Yeah. That's what I heard. <laughs> Got it. All and right, on that on, note, words before, to live before this by. podcast gets rated M, let's move on. On that note, Mark, what's going on outside the wire? Pew 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 The little laser guns. Oh, they never get old. Well, gentlemen. <laughs> well, and outside. Whoops! There goes my mic. Well, outside the wire today. I thought I'd talk about uh, kind of what we've been doing, as I usually do, um, and obviously what we've been doing, or the vast majority of us have been doing, is uh, not playing Arma, but more playing the Division. Um, if anyone's not aware, it's the RPG uh, kind of cover shooter uh, that uh, Ubisoft put out uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, it takes place in New York, and it a uh, a very by the way a very realistic New York. I will tell you guys that uh, I've seen all kinds mm. of pictures of people um, that take uh, that have taken pictures on the street where they work, where they live, and then put them up against. You know, where in game at that same, you're taking a screenshot in game of the thing. And they look, I mean, surprisingly similar. I mean, given there's a lot of, you know, it's a, it's a you know, post disease epidemic type of thing. So there's a lot of trash in the streets and whatnot in the game. But, uh, I mean, the buildings look extremely similar and kind of the layout of things. It's very, it's very what's, well done. What's the, the date in the game or the time period uh, of the game? You know, I don't think they actually indicated a specific date, but it's one of those, you know, near future types of things like within the next 10 years types types of things you know the technology is pretty okay. similar to uh, to now i would say for the most part okay so there's not that much difference and the idea is there's an epidemic that hits major cities uh or has, you know has hit major cities um i won't give the story away and something along those lines but essentially uh you've been activated as an agent um by something called directive 51 which then allows you to you're supposed to be essentially retaining um uh, government in a crisis situation, and you guys, you kind of, you know, uh, um, you know, all rules are secondary to that. So you know, really, kind of have a, a freedom to do whatever you need to do to make that make sure you know the continuity of government is maintained. Um, so it's an interesting idea. Uh, the game of itself is, you know, really we've been having quite a bit of fun on it. Um, a lot of the people that have been playing Arma, um, not all of them. But quite a few people have uh, have picked this one up as well, uh, which is very useful because the tactics we've been kind of organically developing as we've been playing Arma together um, have played 
significantly well in just uh, you know, or I should say, have adapted very well uh, to hmm. this new setting. Uh, a lot of people were concerned about the distances in the fights in Arma. I know that came up multiple times. You know, people said, "Hey, look, I mean, the, the, you guys are you know fighting things at you know three hundred meters out." In, you know, in Star Citizen, you're not going to be doing that. You know, what? Why are you bothering with this one? You know, this isn't really you know help. This isn't going to help you at all. And in, in you know, in maintaining and organizing, you know, people that are trying to do this first person shooting stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, Johnny and I pointed out, uh, and also obviously the other the other uh, uh, kind of trainers and other people that have, that were kind of in the know, is that it's not so much about the individual um, skills. Okay, how good you are at shooting, how uh, good you are at doing this other <coughs> stuff. It's more involved with how well you communicate. Um, ah. Do you understand the terminology? If you're selling, saying, "Hey, contact right," what's that really mean? You know, what's really happening there? Or, you know, or or just simply, you know, um, you know, uh, fire and movement. You know, one guy's shooting on the left, you're moving up on the right, or you're sitting up to help him on the right, and when he when he's done you know, you're shooting and he's moving up on the left or whatever, you know, that type of stuff. And what we found is, is that people that have been showing up and been doing that stuff, it's just natural at this point. You know, we're all able to communicate hmm. almost without talking much and just getting where we need to go. And then when we do speak, it's very clear. It's very concise. Everyone knows kind of what we're saying. And uh, then we're able to um, you know, kind of leverage that to, to make these fights go, you know, to do things that, are extremely hard but make them much much easier um, now it, it, it is a level based game so is it grindy uh you know what um i think ace ace may have a little different opinion on this because i did most of my leveling with people you know it turns out it turns out when you do a podcast uh and you you know first person shooting uh you have a lot of friends and Yay. and, Yay, go and they all want to play with you which is fantastic absolutely great um it also means that uh, i have four characters so you know, <laughs> you know. Uh, so yeah, well, that's fine. I'm, I'm happy to, and you know, I, I I love getting to play with different people, and uh, you know, learning different stuff, how different people play, and and uh, what kind of things they like to do, especially given the um, the complexity of the skills and, and things in the game. So there's all kinds of neat little little tweaky things you can do to uh, to change how things work. And uh, I'm very much not a cookie cutter guy. Mm-hmm. I was talking to someone about that the other day. I, I can't stand the super grindy games. Um, yeah, I have a real right. problem with with uh, Eastern um, or kind of Asian um, role playing games because they're extremely grindy, um, mm-hmm. and that's just what they like to do. That's how they develop those games. I have a real problem with that type of gameplay, and I've noticed a lot a tendency for people in this one to try to break it down to that min maxing. You know, how can I get the maximum number of, you know, these resources for the amount of time I'm playing? What do I have to do to get that max amount? You know, just that, you know, farming mentality. And I just, I just cannot, I can't do it. I mean, I've, no, you know, it's just, no. I've been that guy. I've done that stuff before and it's just not interesting there, at all. That. Yeah. Yeah. I think My it, personal, wow burned me out on that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I found, uh, real quickly, I found that I don't have to do that. You can do it and it will get you things quicker, but... You, there are ways they 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 have implemented means in which you don't have to do that sort of thing to get comparable you know setup. You do have to spend a little more time and kind of pay attention to what you're doing, so you're not wasting resources. But you really can get by for the most part without having to do any of that sort of thing. Now, what were you gonna say, Ace? I say my personal feeling is I'm I'm like you. I'm very allergic to grindiness. Um, 
the game is a lot of fun, and the the combat mechanic system is a blast. I really enjoy it, um, especially the stuff like the cover mechanics and suppression mechanics. The stuff that you can do that changes the way the AI behaves when you're engaging them, or the way the players behave when you're engaging them, is is really neat, and I like that a lot. Um, I do feel it's a little grindy, especially towards the end of the game. Um, and I do have a little bit of an issue with, with loot shooters. Um, and that is to say, uh, shooting games that have an RP element, where the, the simplest way to describe them is when you shoot a bad guy, blood doesn't come out, numbers do. Mm. Um, and, you know, so like Borderlands is a good example sure, of this. The yeah. same sort of style. Uh, where you, you, it's shooty bits, but with numbers behind it. Um, and this coming from a and, Halo guy. Well, that's the thing, is that I like my guns to do a specific type of damage and do that damage consistently. Uh, so it's a little frustrating when I'm carrying a weapon that carries a 7.62 round in his military grade, and I'm putting half a magazine through a guy who looks like he's wearing a hoodie and baggy jeans. Yeah. Uh, because the numbers dictate it so. Yeah. Um, and, and the game is you're right and this is the thing that, that is especially important about The Division is this game shines when you have other people it does absolutely 100% when you are by yourself it is a frustrating slog see now I I, um, I did get to play when I did get to play by myself I found it a very nice change I, I did like I like going through the story kind of by myself a little bit sometimes really sit back and kind of get immersed into it find right. interesting bits really delve into kind of the, the lore behind it and gonna get you know really feel like you're a part of the game and see how right. I, you know really because this game does have wonderful ambiance yeah uh, that's another thing is that it is it is a uh it is not a happy game no it's not <laughs> it is yeah, very for those gritty. of you who are if you're interested and in, do understand it is not a happy yeah, game and, a lot of the stories are are pretty dark and this is not a t for teen I don't know if no. it is teen. It's got to be mature. There, there's no way it's yeah. a teen game. No, I, yeah. Um, there are a couple of scenes. They have an interesting system built in where you can find out what people were doing previously using what's called an echo. It's like a, an amiglam of camera footage, of, of audio and video footage that the the system that they use has sort of pieced together. You sort of get still pictures of what happened during this 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 event and what was going on. And some of those echo stories are pretty pretty grim. Yeah, and so. they are brutal too. They're really not yeah. pulling any punches on those. So just be aware of that if you are interested and you have a minor or you are one. Uh, maybe do a little research first. Maybe watch a few Twitch videos or something like that, and really make sure you know what you're getting into uh, because yeah. it is it, it, definitely I mean, a mature the, type of game. The combat itself is pretty tame. The combat feels like something yeah, actually maybe close it is to, to yeah. Halo or Borderlands. Yeah. It's the content of the storyline that is that is. I mean, I could. I. It's funny to say this, but I think you could probably put a thirteen or fourteen year old in the dark zone with a couple of people, and they'd be fine. Yeah, but you wouldn't probably want them to play the storyline. Yeah, no kidding. But yeah, so it's fun. But uh, what now, Gleep? I know you had had some questions about things. What what kind of things are you interested in hearing about? Well, does it have a, a class system? So do you choose a class? So not, No, not really. Interestingly enough, you really don't. What you do is you have a set of abilities that unlock as you go along, and they're in different trees. There's a kind of a medic tree, a tech tree, and like a defensive security tree. Uh, I shouldn't say defensive, mm. but it's kind of the way it is. Um, 
And essentially those trees, by the end of the game, you have access to all the abilities from all the trees, as well as talents oh. that you can pick that give you certain abilities. Like maybe um, if you heal someone, you get a defensive uh, buff for 10 seconds or th- something like that. And you can switch these talents around. Kind of, You get uh, up to four of them at level 30 that you can add. And there are probably what? Uh, there's got to be at least probably... 30 or 20, so maybe yeah 20, 20 or, 30 or 30 yeah of these talents so you can c- kind of combine them in interesting ways not to mention all the other not to mention all of the secondary stats on weapons and all kinds of stuff but yeah the weapons and gear have secondary stats and mods you can add to them yeah uh you carry three guns a sidearm and then a, a primary and a secondary um and those range from pistols shotguns assault rifles smgs I think that's it. Uh, marksman weapons. Uh, Marks- yeah, yeah, marksman weapons. Yeah, but so anyway, it's like a DMR. Yeah, but uh, to answer your question, there really isn't, but you can uh, tailor your playing to specific roles a little bit. Right. Um, as you're leveling up. As you're leveling right. up, and, and then as you get into higher levels as well, you can tailor it even more. You know, But it's, it, right. it comes down to more of a, what does the what's really called for in this fight what do i really need to do in this fight and there are some stand you know there are some you know classic standbys that you can always get away with to some extent but then on the harder mm-hmm. content you really need to have a good feel for your group and how you guys want to approach things and what you might need to do it um right but i've still been experimenting with what i like in terms of what kit and what weapons yeah, i like but to, yeah to you run. can definitely you can definitely determine what kind of what kind of weapons you prefer to use what kind of skills you prefer to use and kind of, and then kind of tailor that to how you how you play the game, and then you, you hopefully you have friends that want to use things that complement that, or you guys may have to, you, you you can tweak things slightly that'll have a massive effect as well. Um, for an example, instead of you can have a, a kind of a riot shield you can pull out to help defend um, and draw threat, kind of a tanky kind of ability, um, but you can have that reflect damage. You can have it slowly gain health back to you. Um, you can have it. Uh, um, tag targets for your DPS guys to kind of take out as those things are shooting you. So there's kind of mm-hmm. a wide variety of things you can do just with that one skill that kind of allow you to, to help out in different ways depending on how your group plays. Uh, if that answers your okay. question a little bit. Yeah, so it's less simulate but it still um, supports um, or encourages uh, uh, valid squad concepts. Definitely. Oh, definitely. definitely. I, I feel like this game... Anyone here play Republic Commandos? Yes, one of my favorite games yeah, of all time. I feel, like, I feel like this is like the, the multiplayer version of Republic Commandos to some extent. When mm. things are working really well, you have a couple of people who have very specific skills and... and uh, uh, abilities that they can use, and you can deploy them in a tactical way that allow you to turn a fight around. There's also the same system in, in Republic Commandos that is here, is where when you get downed, you don't die immediately. You get put into a down state where someone can run over and revive you and get you back up. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's interesting. Well, good. Well, good. It's, it sounds like you guys are, are having fun. I, I I miss you over there on the Arma server. I'm I'm, I'm just you know, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm working on my loadouts, and you know I. Occasionally, a helicopter will fly by, and I wave. Hey, guys. Yeah, Yeah, actually, I should speak to that. Um, For anyone that's hearing me talk, uh, obviously, we still have Arma servers. We will be playing Arma. It will happen. Uh, New toy, shiny. You know, and like I said, it's it's the the interest interest waxes and wanes. We've been playing Arma for, I mean, hardcore for, what, five, six months now? So, you know, it's one of those things that, um, you know, take a little break for a little bit. 
Uh, and then, you know, invariably we'll come back because Arma... Apex is coming. Yeah, exactly. Apex is well, coming. Well, that, yeah. And the other thing, too, is Arma gives us that sandbox that, you know, we all kind of are looking forward to in Star Citizen as well. So, you know, we'll we'll come back around. Don't worry. You're, you know... If, yeah. If you're... Well, and then, of course, there is the fact that uh, games like these do inevitably have troughs where everybody reaches endgame and the developers are still working on content for a short while, so... It's like you could take a break for a couple of days and not come back, and things wouldn't have changed that much. Exactly. Um, so that and that natural pause in in narrative and gameplay design will will happen yep. occasionally. It's the as same well. reason people are playing Ark some, or you see them down in the uh, whatever Black Desert is. They've been playing that for a little while, and back and forth on those ones, or the um, you know the Life is Futile things like that. Uh, the games that we play or the people are playing are bouncing. Around, you know, they they do fluctuate some, but um, mm-hmm. uh, it will come back around. Well, um, and speaking of development of this particular game, I was listening to uh, another podcast, uh, Data Spike. Uh, it's a fairly new Star Citizen podcast, um, so definitely go check them out, show them some love. Um, but uh, they had one of the INN guys on as a guest in their most recent episode, and they um, were talking about different games, and they the, the topic of the division came up. And uh, it was mentioned that they have been planning this game and working on this game for eight years. Wow. Uh, so um, uh, I just I bring, that, I, I bring that up to, um, to sort of highlight where we are in our development process, our development process, which is only three years, three plus years in. And so, um, uh, you know, take, take that um, as a, as a um, um, you know, sort of some context for uh, where, where it is we will be five years from now. Yeah. So. It really shows the, the weather systems, the environmental care, the, the characterization, the, the uh, design. It definitely shows. I didn't know that was eight years, but it definitely shows the mm-hmm. amount of care that they put to this game. Yeah. I, am both, I am both saddened and also happy that my uh, graphics card will not run this game. <laughs> <laughs> Your wallet is happy. But your your, yeah, your gameplay yeah, is sad. Well, I there's there, there's still I, I checked yesterday. Still twenty four hours in a day. That's all there are. It's so I, true. I keep, I keep wanting more, but there aren't any. Yeah. So. Oh well. Well. Um. Uh, well. Good. I mean, it's um. Uh. And uh, going forward here. Um. By the time you hear this podcast, um, I will have updated the events calendar on versecast.org. So definitely go out there. And I will do my very best to keep it up to date with what it is that we're playing and the days that we are playing it, because it um, it does uh, seem to be in flux, which makes sense. Like you said, a bright, shiny new thing comes out. We're gonna we're gonna play that for a while because we're here to have fun, and that's the fun thing. So um, there there you have it. And as uh, more stuff gets added for Star Citizen, you know, how we play that game will change too. So. Um, you know, for example, um, uh, the last few weeks, um, uh, Dietrich organized uh, an event where on Thursday evenings, uh, in conjunction with uh, Jimmy's uh, Quantum Drive show, uh, we have all been getting together um, in, uh, in uh, Star Citizen, in the, in the uh, Baby PU, and uh, playing uh, sort of a King of the Hill type game. Um, and, uh, you know, with, uh, with the show playing in the, uh, in the background and, and, you know, just having a good time. So that, you know, that's kind of an example of the sort of thing that we'll have upcoming that uh, it's not really something you plan for. It just kind of happens spontaneously and uh, it gets some momentum. So I'll uh, I'll put that in in the event uh, schedule so that um, if you're uh, if you're out there in Radio Land wondering hey when when are these guys getting together next what are they going to be doing I'll do my best to keep that updated with accurate information. Love that so hard. Mm-hmm. I'm so disappointed that you do that so late Eastern. I just can't I can't make it. 
And every no, time I think, I think you know, midnight comes around, I'm thinking, oh, I could be hanging out with those guys. But no, it turns out I have to work in the morning. Well, we got, you, you, you know, you, do the you are with us in your on, dreams, uh, sir. We do the rebroadcast on Saturday so you can at least catch the show. But you're, aren't you in game on Saturday or you're playing on, you're in, in a game on Saturday, right? You know, that's a good point. Usually I am. Maybe I need to set my watch and then have a, have a, have a Mark's rerun version of it. Kind of like the, yeah, uh, it's, um, yeah. 4 p.m. 4 p.m. your time. Yeah. So maybe I'll do that from now on. That's a good idea. And I'll just pretend yeah, like, I'll just pretend like I'm there with you guys. You know, you could always just uh, put it on a low volume and listen to uh, Jimmy's sweet dulcet tones as you drift off to sleep. I, that is so wrong. I don't even know where to start with that. <laughs> that is, yeah, that's a little creepy. Well, I, I suggest you start with a back rub. And obviously, there you go. option one would be back rub, followed by Jimmy talking. So what we really need is Ace's hands, Jimmy's mm-hmm. mouth. And Jimmy's voice. I need to stop. I, I, like voice, I like voice better than mouth, I'm just saying. <laughs> oh, oh, dear. Oh, golly. This got oh, off the rails. Option one, backwards. <laughs> and bringing it back. <laughs> moving on. Well, and uh, so we have uh, a, a stalwart in our uh, event calendar, um, has been for quite some time, the uh, Sunday meetups. And uh, had quite a few people out uh, playing Division the last uh, few weeks, as we've uh, already mentioned. Uh, we, um, uh, so all, uh, all told, uh, uh, week uh, the 13th, Sunday the 13th, we had about 21 people at one point on the TeamSpeak server, which I think is great. Yeah, that was crazy. Um, uh, last night it was it was kind of light. We only had about nineteen on at one point, and uh, folks were uh, like I say they were playing the division. Uh, some of us were playing uh, Star Citizen. Um, uh, last night uh, uh, there were a few of us, uh, Amontillado and myself, who uh, had access to the PTU, so we were uh, well, we were uh, touring the Star Fair and having a conversation about that. And then uh, we also um, uh, uh, took advantage of the last day of the all flyable ships free fly week. Um, and uh, got got together and went uh, cruising around um, like a gang of thugs, um, uh, shooting uh, poor innocent people until uh, uh, well, actually I didn't because I can't hit anything. Uh, <laughs> but um, uh, Fabled was out there with us and um, uh, Dietrich and and a couple of other guys, and they were uh, uh, working on their wanted levels, and uh, it was it was a good time. So uh, definitely um, the Sunday meetups. Uh, you know, are, are always a good hang, and uh, we get in some fun gameplay too. Uh, whether it be uh, Alpha Alpha E Alpha Star Citizen or a highly polished eight years in development, uh, the Division. So, getting uh, to level five is hard. Uh, uh, Diedrich does it fairly effortlessly. He's um, uh, well, then he, he's a better criminal than I am, apparently. <laughs> well, you know, he he's got that dark side. <laughs> You know, I've got a really weird bit of information here to report. Um, we have, in the last two weeks, recruited exactly none new players. Wow. When has that ever happened? What's going that on here? Not, uh, no, that's, have we reached a TGWS? It's happened a couple of times, but and what we really need here is we need Jonto to to uh, have one of his uh, rages. He used to rage when uh, we had uh, uh, insufficient numbers joining us, um, and that always resulted in uh, a bunch of people joining the following week. So, um, uh, just in the theater of your own mind, imagine Jonto raging. Do we need a Christopher Walken voice? Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, totally. Exactly. So um, now we're having a half off special. So uh, this next week. Uh, uh, half off for all new members, uh, and uh, uh, you get uh, you get two times off if you bring a friend. So, 
there you go. Come join us at versecast.org. Or actually, it would be robertspaceindustries.com slash org slash versecast. That is where our um, org uh, page is on the RSI website. So go there and join us, and we'll read your uh, name and application on the air. Uh, we did get some new members over at the website. We got Knights joined us, as did JW and Wax, which I thought was nice. Those aren't hard to pronounce uh, at all. That's yeah, no, they that weren't. wasn't a challenge, right? That's where, yeah, yeah. We I need a I need a challenge. Somebody with a lot of consonants, join. Um, we did get some emails uh, to uh, comms at versecast dot uh, org. Uh, Gremlich emailed a couple of times. He said uh, in those guys with ships number sixty four. He said that Ace said that Z axis joysticks weren't before two thousand. He says uh, sorry. Uh, actually, Microsoft Sidewinder and Sidewinder feedback with Z axis were sold beginning in nineteen ninety five. Wow. Logitech's Extreme 3D Pro has been around for quite a while. It's what I replaced my Sidewinders with, but not sure when it began manufacture. He also pointed out that Stuckey's is not famous for um, uh, peanut rolls, but pecan rolls, which uh, thank you for uh, clearing that up. And um, he also said, uh, as a bonus for us, and I will post this in the show notes, that Kilrothy do in fact exist. Guys, click on that link. Holy OMG. Wow. What do you suppose it costs to keep that thing in groceries? Yeah. I don't know. Probably some, and I meant the cat. Probably some back rubs. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, whole lot of cat food. That is a lot of wow. cat food. Yeah. That's amazing. That's a, actually, that, you know, my killer attack space cat actually looks very similar to that, about, but about two-thirds that size. Did she get a ribbon for that cat? Do you notice the ribbons in the background? What's going on there? It's, I think it's a peace ribbon. It's like it's when you have a convention to make sure that they, you understand that they, uh, it's not a lethal weapon. Oh, that makes sense. No, my cat will not be used as a weapon. I, I, Whoa, I, you just got all digitized there for a moment. I follow that. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's confusing. All right. Um, and then Gremlich also, he followed up and he said, oh, I'm sorry, I forgot this. Um, music in a game breaks immersion. I mean, the bo- boss walks through the office and you hear Vader's theme. The new girl walks through the office and you hear Little Red Corvette. Or either version of Prince's song Kiss, his or the Art of Noise version featuring Tom Jones. No, that's not happening. Well, maybe in your head. So we have a a vote for Music Breaks Immersion. Um, And uh, one more email he sent a couple days later. Oh, yeah. Regarding those guys with ships number 65, he believes that saying mono boating is redundant. He says that in his experience, just saying boating is. Ah, but see, Mm. the mono boating uh, denotes. That the fact that you're running all guns of a single type, it is a type of boating. Oh. I, I don't, I don't make the news. I just report. You have double boating, <laughs> double double boating, motor boating, <laughs> motor boating. Yep, yep. And as I mentioned earlier, uh, Danny Calo, uh, Confalone, sorry, um, asked that we mention that he and Whiskey, Umaroth, and Solidus have constructed a sweet those guys with ships base and art. Go check it out. Uh, it's in the forums. It's also on our website. So uh, uh, jump into the. Uh, do, do we have a an arc room still in on the uh, Teamspeak server? Yes, we do. Um, there's nobody in it right now, but. Uh, um, definitely. Uh, I don't know. Did you say that some of the folks in the Black Desert room are actually playing Ark? I don't know what they're playing. I'm assuming Black Desert, but who really knows? Mm. Who really knows? Indeed. 
Um, and we, we, we didn't get any new members to the org, but we did get an iTunes review. Uh, John sent me uh, an email and said, hey, um, Johan Picks joined us, or gave us, I'm sorry, he gave us a five-star review. He said, great podcast on all things Star Citizen. I look forward to hearing this every week. So we are, we are very grateful for that. Thank you very much. And um, guys, that's pretty much all that I have. Um, we are uh, coming up. We're looking for the 2.3 release to live. And of course, our, our Sunday meetups and other events, uh, which I will post in the events calendar. Uh, but uh, you do uh, do watch for them tweets because we always do when we got something going on, send a tweet out saying, hey, we're getting together to do this. Um, so uh, that's a, uh, we try to give a, a little bit of a heads up uh, ahead of time. Uh, uh, so that folks can, uh, you know, finish their dinner and do the dishes before, uh, you know, retiring to the game room for the evening. Um, anybody got anything else? I'm good. I'm good. I'm just Danny. Uh, yes, you are. All right. Well, then, please do go to Engine.com. They are the quick, easy, and free solution for hosting your community website. That's E-N-J-I-N.com. Be sure to check out Star Citizen The Base Radio at radio.starcitizenbase.com where you can find a broadcast of one of our shows every Saturday afternoon. You can reach the podcast by email, comms at versecast.org. On Twitter, we are at versecast. Be sure to use the hashtag TGWS, which actually has something to do with lead in your water recently, but I don't know. I saw that. I'm not sure what's going on with that. but um, uh, So uh, use that hashtag. Get that hashtag back for us. Um, our RSI Star Citizen organization can be found at robertspaceindustries.com slash org slash versecast. Go there, join our group. Uh, please upvote us um, on the RSI Community Hub and in the podcast and deep space radar sections. Links to those are in the show notes. On Steam, we are Those Guys With Ships. And definitely be sure to check out our gaming community website. It is versecast.org. Say goodnight, Gracie. My name is Gleep, and all my contact information is in the show notes. Jimmy? Goodnight, Gracie. You can find me... Uh, oh. <laughs> you can find me most chatty on Twitter, uh, and uh, every uh, Thursday night, 9 p.m. PST, and Saturday, 1 p.m. PST. You can catch my show, Quantum Drive, over at uh, the base. Uh, it's uh, radio.starcitizenbase.com. Uh, I do a mixture of uh, Star Citizen lore, uh, my own tales of excitement and adventure mixed in with uh, music. And I'm getting ready to close out season one. Uh, I've got uh, three more episodes left to go. So come check it out. Nice. I feel so affronted. (laughs) Ace, where can the good folks find you? My thunder has been stolen. Um, You can find me... uh uh, most frequently here in the TeamSpeak. Um, I'm also on um, Steam as Delandow87, though that's now also Ace as a mean 87 though if you look for me, if you're looking for friends, uh, usually the search for Delandow87, you can find me the most easily. Um, you can email me at aceasmin87 at gmail.com I think that's it. Also, find me in cyberspace while I struggle with this Oculus. <laughs> Gonna work in. <laughs> That's so bad. Okay, guys, are you ready? Are you ready? <laughs> Breathe. And you can reach me at madcal1001 at gmail.com or madcal on Steam. Follow that with a madcal1001 at whatever else you want to look at because it's probably going to be me as well. Uh, also, if you go ahead and pick up your 
your your new uh, what is it, your new uh, your new can of Mark's Magical Manipulation Cream. Uh, turn around on the back of that thing, and you will see that not only is it an epilating agent, a massage oil, and a uh, and a, and a <laughs> I can't, can't even say that one. Skip that one. Uh, I was going to say stool softener, <laughs> but I didn't really feel like a fit rail. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's that's important. Well, it People is. People need to know that sometimes I, your stool needs to be. Softened. Here's the thing: it's not FDA approved, so I'm not actually allowed to say that in my ad. I will let you know, though. I have heard through the grapevine, if you will, that it does work Ugh. wonders for the lower gastro- gastronomic system. Um, <laughs> regardless, <may> include. <laughs> regardless, all of my contact information can be found on, the, found on the back of that bottle. And remember, 30 days free, guaranteed, uh, no money back. <laughs> work, work, work that around to actually make sense. Uh, with that, that's all I've got, gentlemen. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Boy, just all, all the possibilities for a show title this week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Until next time, then, we are those guys with ships, and this has been our community podcast. See you guys. Bye. Peter. What is epilation? That's where you remove the hairs on your on, like skin. That. Well, well, I fear it makes you freeze your back ropes. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and who doesn't love a soft stool? I mean, honestly, everyone does. Seriously. <laughs> oh. <laughs>